Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's try it one more time. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Come on, eye contact, people. Eye contact. <laughs> I know it's awkward in 2020, but let's make eye contact. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, God is good, amen? Amen. Come on. God is amazing. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to jump around a little bit this morning, but I want us to start here, Ephesians 6. And you can hold it there. Okay, awesome. Everyone, can you all stand with me this morning? Can you all stand? I'm sure you guys can tell Pastor Andy likes to stand and sit. Stand. All right. Um, well, a uh, beautiful prayer this morning, but uh, I don't want to hear Pastor Andy's word today. I want to hear God's word today. Amen? Amen. I, I'm really curious. I, I, I'm desperate. I'm longing to hear what he wants to say to us. And I just want to say this this morning. Um, you know, when I walk in here and we engage in worship, like I really mean what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm not standing here in the front row as pastor. Uh, in that moment, I get rid of all pastor and I'm a worshiper, amen? amen? No, seriously guys, like I'm just a worshiper. Like honestly, when I'm here and we're worshiping God, I don't think about anything, you guys. I don't think about the sermon. I don't think about who's next to me. All I wanna do is just worship the Lord. So I just wanna say, I want you guys to know like, we just were here as worshipers, amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, this morning, Lord, we thank you for, yeah, God, we just thank you that you're good, God, and we thank you that your goodness never changes, Father God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're not one who changes, God, based on the mood, Father, but you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And because of that, God, Father, we thank you that our hearts can find rest in you. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to uh, guess, God, who you are or what you're feeling, God, because, Lord, your heart remains the same for us. And so this morning, Lord, God, we rest in the knowledge of your love. God, we rest this morning that before we loved you, you loved us first. God, we rest this morning in the power of the gospel that even when we hated you, the Bible says, you still loved us. Even when we hated you, you still loved us. What a wonderful God you are. This is why we love you, God. This is why we worship you, Lord. Father, I pray today for everyone in this room, God, every person today, including myself, I pray that even through this message, God, and, and through our worship time, Father, every person here will come to know you more. God, I pray that eyes would open, that, Lord, there would be an opening of our hearts, God, to say, man, God, I feel like I knew you more today. Father, I pray today, Lord God, that truth would also enter into our hearts, God. For you said, God, that the truth would set us free. And I thank you, Father, that your truth brings freedom because you love to see your children free. That is the heart of the Father. And Father, I pray today, Lord God, as well, that we would feel your Father's heart. God, I, I, I can't explain it, but just even in worship today, Lord, 
I could just feel the warmth of your Father's heart towards us. And I pray that all across this room today, everywhere, God, everywhere where, where everyone is worshiping you today, God, Father, let us come to know you more as Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Beautiful wife. Yes. Oh, 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 yes. Always. Always. Awesome. Come on. How many of you guys like the whiteboard? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. All, all of our visual learners in here? Okay. Awesome, you guys. Well, this morning, you guys, I'm going to give you kind of a roadmap of what I feel God's put on my heart. Um, we can. Yeah, thank you, man. And essentially, we're going to talk about really three things today. We're going to do kind of a, a quick recap of last week's message, just so that you can see the continuity. We're going to talk about the armor of God. Everyone say the armor of God. The armor of God. Okay. The second thing that we're going to talk about is what I would like to call, and I'll share it in a bit, but it's a key for this season. Everyone say key. Key. Okay. Let me, just, let me just tell you something really, really cool about keys, right? If you have some keys, just jingle them real quick. Just just all across the Thank you. <laughs> Becky's like my invisible keys, right? If you have some keys, just jingle it real quick, okay? The reason why keys are important, you guys, is because keys open doors, amen? amen. And Jesus said this statement in Matthew chapter 16. He said, I'll give you the keys. Everyone say keys. keys. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, right? And essentially, if you think about it, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a key. Everyone say principle. principle. So I'm going to highlight two major principles today. So we're going to talk about Ephesians 6, and we're going to talk about two principles that I believe if you receive it like a key in this season, it'll open up many doors. Mm -hmm. It's a principle. Amen? Amen? Everyone say this. Say principles. Principles. God works through principles. God works through principles. <laughs> You're the only one that gets lunch after <laughs> So, God works through principles, you guys. And the reason why this is important, and we're going to get into the message, is because God doesn't work through patterns. Patterns is when you think God's going to do the same thing the exact same way. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? God doesn't work through patterns. He works through principles. So why am I sharing this? Because... If you can learn how to catch or listen to the principles of God, his principles never change. Amen? So he never changes in the way that he does things. It's, it's his principles. Okay? So that's why we're going to go into this today. All right. Everyone, Ephesians chapter 6, if you're there, go ahead and turn to it. And we're going to write down in order what Ephesians 6 says is our armor. Everyone say armor. Okay, so let's go ahead and just read it. And we're going to read the scriptures for exactly how it says it, okay? It says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everyone say stand. stand. Okay, so here's the first thing we need to understand. No pun intended, okay? Here's the first thing we need to understand is the purpose of the armor is for you to stand. Amen? The purpose of the armor is so that you don't become a victim but you become a victor. That's the purpose of this, you guys, right? So if we want to understand, okay, let me just put it like this. If, if someone said, hey, here's five things that's going to make you successful, how many of us would want to know that? Mm -hmm. Amen, right? You know what I'm saying, right? 
And here's what God's saying. He's saying, here are seven things, seven principles that's going to help you win. Amen? Okay? So let's go ahead and see what Jesus has to say. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We just read that. Moving on, let's go to uh, verse 14. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Everyone say truth. Okay? It's the first one, truth. And then it says... And then putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. Righteousness. Okay. And then it says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Everyone say gospel. Gospel. Okay. And then it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Everyone say faith. Faith. Okay. You're going to see there's seven things that God lays out here. And take the helmet of salvation. Everyone say salvation. Salvation. Okay. Uh, no rush, but can someone grab me a water, please? That would be great. Okay. Um, no, no, no. It, that, that water bottle is too distracting. It's like half a gallon. It's like, okay. Even I look crazy when I'm okay. Anyways, so pray. Okay. And uh, let's see. The sword of the spirit. Everyone say sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Okay, word of God. And then here's the final one. It says, praying always. Everyone say, praying. Pray. Okay, so here we go. Okay, thank you so much, dude. I'm not going to get super deep into every single one of these. Because to a certain extent, I think we all recognize what this is, right? Everyone say, truth. Okay. So the first thing that he talks about is truth. I'm going to go through this quickly because we're going to move pretty quick today. So truth. God wants to equip us with the truth. Amen? Because if, we're, if we recognize what we talked about last week, thank you so much, you read my mind, okay? If we remember what we talked about last week, you guys, if there's anything I want you to remember is this. Spiritual warfare at the basic level is a battle between truth and lies. It, it is. It's a battle between truth and lies. If you want to understand, if someone's like, how do I understand spiritual warfare? This is literally the statement. Every day of our lives, there is a war going on between what is true and what is false. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? It's a battle between what is true and what is false. I could go into depth about how I think spiritual warfare plays out because let me just put it like this. It's not like there's like demons and angels like fighting over you all the time. I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. We'll find out in heaven, okay? But my point is this, is how many of us know that even the media is a form of spiritual warfare? How many of us even know that Instagram is a form of spiritual warfare? Are you, no, are you guys catching what I'm saying? How many of us understand? Let me just give some examples for women. When you see an image of something that you feel like you need to be, how many of you know that's called a lie? It is. It's a lie. And do you want to know how we know that it's a lie? Because the truth of God says this. You are perfectly and fearfully, wonderfully made. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So do you understand how we start seeing lies when we know the truth? So when you begin to identify this truth, you're like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm not ugly. I'm beautiful. Whoa, come on, somebody. Wait a second. I don't have to feel this projection of what society wants me to be. 
because that's the lie. But the truth, and if I know the truth, it will set me free. The truth is, God, you love my small eyes. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm serious, you guys. God, you love my hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, you love me the way I am. Someone say amen. Yeah. That's the truth, you guys, but that's a form of spiritual warfare. Can I talk to someone today? Okay, let me speak something for men, right? Hey, you're not, you're not good enough. Nobody's proud of you. You're not worth it, right? We can feel this, listen, we can feel this from where we feel like we're all, we are in our careers, in our education, whatever. Or can, can, I, can I just be real this morning, right? As men, we have a different struggle. Sometimes we struggle with our worth and value, sometimes more connected to accomplishment. Are you guys seeing what I'm saying, right? And what if the lies that the enemy's trying to throw at you is like, you're not this enough. You're not that enough. You're not accomplished enough. But what if God's truth for you is actually you're exactly where you need to be? You're in the right place at the right time. Come on, somebody. What if God's saying is you're not off schedule? What if God was saying, hey, you're not off the track, but you're exactly in the journey that I have for you? Come on, somebody. Okay, can I, can I make this biblical to, to today, okay? Think about Moses, okay? Think about Moses at the age of 80, all right? He ain't got no career. You know what he's doing? He's, he's moving sheep, you guys. Or can, I, can I talk with somebody today? He's moving sheep. Think about Moses' mind. He was the prince of he had everything. He had money, fame, like whatever you wanted. And then later on in his life, he probably smells like sheep. <laughs> but think about it, right? What would the lie be to Moses? Moses, you lost it all. You're worthless. Look at you. What are you doing? You're just herding sheep. But God says, Moses, my hand is over your life. Amen. Most, God says, Moses, you're doing exactly what I want you to do because i got a plan and a purpose for your life. And everything you're learning right now about walking these sheep in the wilderness, you're going to do the same thing for the Israelites 30 years later. <laughs> Yo, that was for free, Thomas. <laughs> that wasn't even scripture. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get through this message. Hallelujah. Everyone say righteousness. Righteousness. What is righteousness? If you're taking notes, it's this. It's called right standing or right relationship. It's a very simple concept, you guys. We make it really complicated in Christianity, but the truth of God is not complicated. Hallelujah. It's actually really simple. It really is. So righteousness is being in a right relationship with God. Amen. Okay, so let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, okay? You want to know what right relationship is? Right relationship is this. I don't know why I'm going to pick on you for a second, okay? Becky, okay? Always. Becky, you and your mom, right? At the end of the day, like, you and your mom are really good friends, right? You're tight, right? But then at the end of the day, when your mom raises her voice, she gets scared. Do you get scared? Yeah. Okay, right? No, 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 but here's my point, right? Because at the end of the day, she's your mom. She's Oma. She's your mother, right? And there is a relationship that God has designed for you, Becky, and your mom. Do you want to know what it is? It's a mother and daughter relationship. That's called righteousness. It's having the right relationship by God's design. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? So what ended up happening when Jesus became our righteousness 
is that we did not have a relationship with God, but now God made a way so that we can have a relationship again. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's what righteousness is. We're going to move on. Okay, everyone say gospel. Gospel. And it's actually very, it's very, um, it's, yeah, it's very specific the way that Paul describes the gospel. He calls it the gospel of peace. Everyone say peace. Peace. Okay. Simple as this. You want to know what peace is? Peace is knowing that you're in the right place at the right time and you're in right standing with God. That is what peace is. Okay? So peace, okay, how many of us understand that the world is searching for peace? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's keep it real. I, I'm just dropping some, some freebies today. It's where you talk. Okay? All right. <laughs> How many of us could tell, and I love the fact that David hit on it in worship, how many of us could tell because of coronavirus how at or how not peaceful the world is? I, I just want you to think about this for a second. So was the world at peace before coronavirus? Or did coronavirus just expose what was in our heart? Isn't that crazy? So sometimes, you guys, here's, here's one thing I want to share with you. Sometimes God will allow you to go through something difficult to show you what's inside. So it's actually not God giving you something difficult because he hates you or you're like, why are you doing this, God, right? It's actually because he loves you. He does. And what he's doing is he's, because he loves you so much, He's allowing things that were already there to just come to the surface. And you're like, oh, shoot, that was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was some unpeace in there. You know what I mean? There was chaos already there. I was just hiding it. And now God in his love has caused it to come to the surface. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? So catch what I'm saying. So even with coronavirus, what do I think? What, is, what do I think God is actually trying to do? I'm not saying he's the author of coronavirus. Catch what I'm saying. I think he wants to show people where is your peace. Oh, I feel like I need to hit this. Do you want to know one of the most powerful realities of the real Christian life? I'm going to say a very powerful statement. One of the real fruits of getting to know God and going deeper with Him is that you can have peace 24 7. Do you, do you guys understand this? That this is not like this is not like hocus pocus. Jesus said it in the Bible. He says, my, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. How much peace do you, do you think Jesus had, you guys? You think he had 50%? You think he had 100%? He had like 1,000%, you guys. And Jesus says, my peace, the peace that I have, I give that to you. Isn't that amazing? So what Jesus, you know, that's what I'm saying. So that's the power of peace, you guys, is that the, the fruit of the Christian life is that you can have peace at all times. I'm going to make it real, and then we'll move on. Guys, let me just say this. Do you want to know how we can have peace in the midst of coronavirus? Let me just be real. I have a lot of peace these days. And, and I'm not trying to say, like, I've just been, like, at peace the whole time, okay? Like, I'm human, but I'm saying what I'm saying to me is real. Let me just say this. Do you know how we can have peace in the midst of a storm? Because you can find out 
what God is saying in the storm. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So, okay, catch this right now. The world has headlines. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? The world has headlines. What is the world saying about coronavirus? I don't even know, right? Can't, can't even describe, right? It's just crazy, right? People are like, freak out. Some people are like, don't freak out, blah, 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 blah. But listen, you guys, how many of us know at the end of the day, I'm not saying these are unimportant, I listen to doctors, all of this stuff, but here's the point that I'm trying to make. At the end of the day, you guys, these are just man's opinions. They really are. But how many of us know that heaven has a headline too? And what I'm saying may sound interesting today, but I'm telling you right now, when you experience this, when you find that this is a reality, when you believe that it's possible, changes everything. Heaven has a headline too. And what heaven has to say about coronavirus, I can tell you, but until you hear it for yourself, it's completely different. This is what heaven has to say. God is in control. You want to hear what heaven has to say? Come on, somebody. You know what heaven has to say? In the book of Job, it says this. Who told the waves how far they can go? Who even told Satan how far he can go? Come on, somebody. That's peace. So what heaven has to say is God is in control. And what God has to say is I determine how far things go, Annie. I'm in control. So do you understand how that brings us at peace? Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Because we're like, yo, God got this in control. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't need no mask on this point, okay? <laughs> don't do that, don't do that, okay? All right, moving on, okay? Because we've got to move on. All right, everyone say faith. Okay? Just real quick, and we're going to move on. It, it describes it as a shield of faith. Okay, I want us to think about what the scripture says. It's a shield of faith. But listen to what it says. It says the shield of faith so that we can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Okay? Listen, 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 listen. It's all going to make sense in a second. How many of us, okay, because I feel like this is real time for us right now. How many of us have ever felt when we come into the presence of God, right, that we're not worthy? Okay? That's what we would call an arrow. That's what we would call a fiery dart. Okay? But God says, this is what you do. He says, when those darts come at you, what do you do? You hold up that shield of faith. Come on, everybody. Put up that shield for one second. Just put it up right now. Come on. Put up that shield of faith, right? So faith is believing in who God is and what God has done. Let, let me make this simple, right? When I just talked about, before our, 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 our message started, and I said, God is a father who loved us before we loved him. Come on, somebody. Does that sound like the truth? And we have to put our faith in that truth. God, actually, it's really, it was never really about what I could do or what I couldn't do in the beginning. Are you guessing what I'm saying? Like, it, it really didn't have anything to do with me, but it had everything to do with you. And what begins to happen is you put that shield of faith up, and all of these arrows, you start extinguishing them. Okay, we're going to move on. Salvation. Everyone say salvation. Salvation. It's the helmet of salvation, right? It's protecting your mind. It's the helmet of salvation. We're going to move on. For time's sake, word of God. Everyone say word of God. Word of God. Okay, guys, do you notice... That out of all seven of these, there's only one weapon that's used for offense. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Because it's helmet, it's shield, 
its breastplate, its shoes, it's all of these things that are meant to protect us. But there's one thing, there's one thing that God gives you to go on the offense. And it's to attack the enemy. Come on, somebody. How many of us know that if you're living in defense mode against the devil the rest of your life, that's not a life of victory? Come on. How many of us know that God has designed the church for forward marching? Come on, somebody. We're not, we're not, guys, we're not victims. Come on. We're not victims. Like, that's another lie that I feel like God wants to kick out today is like somehow we're like withstanding the devil our whole life and God's like, no. No, 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 no. You have this armor and I've given you a sword because I've actually called you to take territory. What happens, you guys, I'm just going to say this quickly. What happens when there are people that will come to this church or people that you will interact with that have addictions, that are uh, maybe even suicidal, that are bound up by the devil. Are you guys catching what I'm saying, right? And through the, the gospel, through the word of God, through your heart, through love, God uses you to set people free. Come on, somebody. Guess what? You just went on the offense. You're like, not today, Satan, not today, okay? You see what I'm saying? So real quick, the sword is the word of God, okay? Again, for time's sake, we'll, we'll move through this, but this is your weapon, okay? I want to say this right here, right now, because you're going to hear me emphasize this a lot. If we're not spending time here, it's like going to war without a sword. Were you going to headbutt the devil? <laughs> You're like, take the shield, da, 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 right? No, but I want, like, something has to sink within us today because I know we're all reading our scriptures. I can, I can see it. I've been hearing. Very proud of you guys. Proud of us for stepping onto the plate. But this Bible thing, you guys, you guys have to understand in the world that we live in, in the, in the actual spiritual conflict, I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. It's not a luxury, it's a necessity. I just, I, let me go deeper. Guys, even if this looks like 15 minutes on your commute listening to an audio Bible, yeah. are you guys catching what I'm saying today? Even if it's at nighttime before you're about to go to bed, turn off the Instagram, pull up the Bible app. What is God trying to say to me today? Are you guys catching what I'm saying, right? This is why you guys, even in our family groups that we're starting this week, come on somebody, okay? <laughs> this is why. We're meant to do this in community, right? Because we're going to be holding each other accountable. We're going to be fighting for each other. We're going to be making sure that we're eating up the word together. Amen. Amen. Okay. But I just want to say this is that it's not, a, it's not a, a, a luxury. It's a necessity. Okay. Finally, prayer. Okay. We're not going to make this a whole uh, teaching, but it's prayer. Okay. So here's the point that I'm trying to do with all seven of these. Y'all see this? Do you want to know the one thing that it all has in common? It all points to him. Can we try that again? It all points to him. Okay. <laughs> All of these things, yes, requires our faith. But let me just say this at the end of the day. None of this depends on us. It all points back to him. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Are you guys catching what I'm saying? I'm about to make a quick point and we're going to get into the principles. Truth. 
What is the truth about and where does truth come from? It comes from God. So what are we fighting for? We're fighting for the truth of God. The truth of Him. It's all about Him. It's everything is about Him. Nothing is about you. Are you guys catching what I'm saying, right? Nothing has to do with you, has to do with what you can do or what you can't do. It has everything to do with God and what He can do and what He has done. That's the power of this, you guys, is that literally the Christian life is not faith in yourself, it's faith in Him. Because He's everything. He's everything. If, like, let me just put it like this. This is the phrase that came to me. This is the phrase that came to me um, during worship this morning. Our real spiritual warfare is actually not against the devil. If you're taking notes, you've got to write this down. Your real spiritual warfare is actually not against the devil. It's really not. The devil is here to like try to distract you and all of that stuff, but that's really not the real warfare, you guys. The real warfare is your belief in God. I'm going to say that one more time. The real war that you and I are fighting every day, the real war that you and I are fighting every day is our belief in God. It is. It has, nothing, it has very little to do with the devil. That's the point that I'm trying to show you right here, right? It's like, yes, our wrestle's not against all of these things, but ultimately what Paul's trying to show you is that actually it's really about this. It's about this is what we're fighting for every day. Come on, somebody. Right? How many of us understand you're not fighting the devil, you're trying to get rid of distraction in your life so that you can be in him? Right? You're not trying to read your Bible because you're trying to like be a better Christian. You're, you're fighting to read your Bible. Come on, somebody. Spiritual warfare. You're fighting to read your Bible so that you can be in Him. So that you can have contact with Him. It's not about doing these things. Come on, somebody. I don't know why I'm getting so passionate right now. Okay? All right? But it's about being in Him. That's the real war. This is what the book of Hebrews says, like I said, I'm sharing a lot of scripture today. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it says this. It says, make every effort to enter the rest. And what does that mean? That means every day your effort should be to enter into him. That's the real war, you guys. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Why am I saying this? Because I'm trying to simplify this message for you, right? Every single day, as long if you can understand this one thing, that my goal is to enter into Him. And that's the real struggle of every day. Can I say something, you guys? If we please God, He will take care of us. Whew. I want to say this even for this church, you guys. You know, this church has many needs, but I have simple childlike faith. If we live a life pleasing to God, He will take care of us. We're not here to please people, we're here to please Him, amen? And if we make our one priority, our one goal to constantly please God, the Bible says this, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. God says this in Psalm 91, he who makes God his most, or the most high his shelter, he will hide him under the shadows of the Almighty. So what does this mean, you guys? Come on. It means that our real wrestle every day is to enter into Him. It is. Because if we get this, you guys, none of this other stuff really matters. God takes care of the enemy. Why? Because you're in him. Are you seeing what I'm saying? 
I'm going to keep going with this because I feel something on this. My wife and I, I'm going to kind of bring it down to earth real quick. My wife and I will tell you that we're pastors, we've been in ministry for a long time, but even for us, yes, we're human, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Even for us, our struggle every day is to abide in him. Every single day, you guys, our struggle is to make sure that we are connecting with God. That's the real war. That's the one thing I'm trying to get across in this message, you guys. The real war is not against the devil and all of these things. It's about getting in God. We have the same distractions, you guys, right? We just have more distractions because we've got two kids. <laughs> okay? okay, we got different distractions, but we have the same distractions. And every single day, the war that you and I are fighting is that we're fighting this war of being like, God, we have to take care of all of these things. But the real war is to enter into you. Amen. Okay? So that's what all of this is about. This is what truth is about. This is what righteousness is about. This is what peace is about. It's what faith is about. It's what prayer is about. It's what reading the Bible is about. Everything is about getting in Him. Come on, somebody. Okay? All right. Can we move on? You guys good? Okay, awesome. All right. We're going to move on real quick. Again, it's going to sound like I'm giving a couple of different messages, but you'll, you'll, you'll see it in the big picture. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 15, verse 32. Proverbs 15, verse 32. We'll leave that up here. Okay. Proverbs 15, verse 32. Okay. So today I'm going to give you guys some keys. Everyone say keys. Okay. Now, here's the thing about keys, you guys. Keys are principles that are found in, in God and in the Bible. And here's what happens. Keys are given to you. And if you just so choose to use this key, it will open some doors. Hallelujah. Okay? Or you can choose to hold on to that key and be like, oh, this is a nice key. Look at this key. It's so nice. But I'm not going to do nothing with it. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Right? Do you guys understand? A lot of the times, you guys, that's how many people we've lived our Christian lives, though. Yeah. We're like, man, look at that truth. That's so nice. <laughs> but I'm not going to do nothing with it. You see what I'm saying? How many of us, come on, yeah. follow me this morning. God says be a doer of the word, not a hearer of the word. Yeah. Come on, everyone say do. Do. Say do the do. do. I don't even know why I said that. I just to say that. Okay? All right? Okay? So, so we got to be doers of the word. So I'm going to give you a key, and you have the choice to use it. That's your choice. It's not your pastor's choice, not your parents' choice. It's yours. All right. Proverbs 15, verse 32 says this. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. Okay, that's like kind of old English a little bit. Uh, let me see. Uh, go ahead and read your version. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Oof, I like that version. Say that one more time, bro. That was really good. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Okay, come on. Come on. Okay. All right, you guys. Stay right there. 
All right, so for the rest of the message, we're going to linger here in this truth. Everyone say truth. Okay, this is what I want us to do. Everyone put the hand over their heart for a second right now, okay? Because we're going to till the soil. Remember that first message I gave here is that the soil of our heart determines the fruitfulness of God's word, okay? So what I want you to do right now, okay, as your heart, as your hand is over your heart, here's a question that I have for you, and then we're going to pray. As the seeds of God's word comes into your heart today, do you want it to bear fruit? Do you want these seeds to go in and actually produce a harvest? Like, do you want to see this word in your life actually transform you? Do you want to look back two to three months, four months, whatever it is from now, and look back and say, man, actually that seed was real. And I can actually see what it's done in my life because I feel closer to God and I feel like I've grown in Him. Okay? These are just questions. I'm not telling you what to do. These are just questions that I'm asking you to ask yourself. Okay? And if that answer is yes, if your heart says yes, God, like, God, I really want to grow in this season. Okay? Then now we're just going to pray for our hearts. Okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now over all of our hearts to be able to hear your words, okay? I want to just do this for maybe 30 seconds. I want you to pray right now out loud with your own mouth over your heart and just simply say this. Say, God, I'm asking you to soften my heart today, and I'm asking that you would grow the seed in my heart. Just go ahead and ask the Lord right now. Let's pray all across this room. Just make it your confession. This is all about your confession. There is an activation that you have to do. It's an activation that you have to do. You have to take responsibility for your faith. You have to take responsibility for your heart. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Till the soil of our heart, God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you, guys. You guys can look up here. How many of us, okay, I'm going to ask some just coaching questions for a second, right? How many of us can tell that even in the last few months, you can feel you taking more ownership for your faith? Come on, right? God himself, God is doing the galvanizing, right? He's the one that's kind of stirring our hearts. But how many of us can sense that, oh, wow, like I have to do, I have to activate. Come on, somebody, right? So these words that God's giving is not meant for us to just passively receive, but we actually have to actively fight for it. Okay, amen. All right. I'm telling you right now, if this would happen in the pulpits all across America, this would be a, new, a different nation. If this was happening all across the pulpits of America, this would be a different country. If every pulpit in America, the people who are hearing God's word, did not just passively receive, but they were like, yes, we're going to do that, we'd be in a different country. We'd be in a different country. Okay? All right. So let's go here. So here's a key. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. Everyone say this word. Say correction. Correction. Oh, it already feels weird. <laughs> okay? I'm actually going to just hit this one because I actually feel like this is a major key in the season. 
as you hear the word correction, if we're really being honest, for most of us, the first emotion that evokes out of us, even if it's just a little bit, right? A little bit scary, right? You're like, oh, make me feel weird. <laughs> correction, right? But, 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 no, listen, I'm, we're going somewhere. But why are we talking about it? Because I'm praying, and I even declare today, that after this message, I pray right now, you will never look at correction the same again. I pray that after today, you will actually love correction. Do you guys know that even David in the psalm says, God, I love your correction? <laughs> so why am I saying that, you guys? Because it's possible. It's possible to see the correction of God and to love it. You want to know why? Because when you discover where it comes from, it changes everything. It changes everything. Okay? Guys, I'm saying this right now. We're, we know, come on, Jesus. We know right now at G&G, we're in a season of growth. Someone say amen. amen. Okay? If we're going to grow on this journey of growth, guys, God is going to give us keys from time to time. Right? He ain't going to give you keys every week. You're like, I got so many keys, right? <laughs> right? Like, just give me one key, right? But God's going to give us keys from time to time. He's going to give it to you, and he wants you to take that key. Like, okay, I got to do this. Right? So today is one of those messages. It's about correction, okay? You, you guys can stay here, but I'm going to read to you something that just explains this better than I could ever explain it, okay? I want you to catch this. A lot of times, people, we have a very obscure or we have a distorted view of the power of correction because we live in fear in our hearts because we have an orphan mentality. I'm going to say that one more time. At the end of the day, the reason why we are afraid of correction is because we don't really think that God loves us. And there's an orphan living inside of us, right? But how many of us know that's the lie? Hallelujah, right? And God's trying to bring the truth, right? So check this out right here. Okay, just listen to these words. Okay. So, my son, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, and we're going to go on a little bit. My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Okay, you guys got to catch this. For whom the Lord loves, everyone say loves, loves. he disciplines. And he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure discipline, God deals with you as children. For what child is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which you have all become partakers, then you are illegitimate children. Okay, pause right here. If God is bringing certain discipline or correction in his life, in your life, it's actually the proof that you're his child. And if God isn't bringing discipline in your life, it's probably because you're not his child. Okay, just saying. Okay, test this out. Furthermore, 
We have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as it seemed best to him. But he, for our benefit, everyone say benefit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now catch this, you guys. Catch this, okay? I'm going to go through this, but you need to go through this passage over and over again. Okay, verse 11 says this. Now, no discipline seems joyful at the present. Hallelujah, right? How many of us are like, oh my God, this feels so good, right? No, no discipline feels, everyone say feel. Feels. Okay, it's not about how we feel, though. <laughs> no discipline feels good in the moment. It doesn't. Becky, have you ever got home then and you're like, oh, thank you, Mom, right? Right? We've never got, we never got disciplined and felt like it felt good to us. But listen to what it says. Now, no discipline seems joyful in the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. Righteousness. To those who have been trained by it. Okay. This is going to get a little bit deep, and then we're going to wrap up this message, though. In this season, I'm not going to take a lengthy time to explain this because I feel like God just wants me to share it in its most simple form. In this season, if you want to recognize how God is growing you, then you're going to have to recognize his discipline. And you're going to have to recognize what he's trying to accomplish through it. This is the key to growth. So what am I trying to say is God is actually going to allow circumstances or things to happen that may feel uncomfortable. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? It's going to, it's going to make you feel discomforted, right? But in that place, if you can recognize Really, these two things. Number one, oh, wow, God is doing it. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Why did God bring this relationship in my life? Why did God give me this annoying coworker? <laughs> Can I keep it real, somebody? Why is God? No, I'm serious, you guys. You guys don't think God could use annoying coworkers to try to discipline you? To try to form a character inside of you? You, if you don't recognize that it is God who's doing it, you'll miss it. So number one is you have, I'll give you three, three keys for this key. Number one, you have to recognize that God is doing it. Number two, you have to recognize that it's his love for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And when you recognize that he loves you, you recognize, oh my God, you're doing this for me. You're not doing this for you. You're doing this for me. Because you love me so much that you see who I'm called to be. You see the things in my life that are incorrect. That's why you're doing this for me. Because you love me so much. Right? How many of us know, like even the way that I discipline my son Arrow, right? As cute and crazy as he is, I do it because I love him. Because I'm like, Arrow, I want you to be everything God made you to be. I want you to flourish in this life. I don't want you to have fear in this life, Arrow. That's why I just because I love you. So number two is because he loves us. Number three is this, is that we would become closer to God. 
See, we always think about, we always think about how does God help us to become closer to him? There's many ways that God can help us to become closer to him. But what I'm trying to give you is one of these keys is that he allows correction to happen in your life because through that, it's forcing you to trust him. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? When you're going through a certain circumstance or when something's coming up, we have two tendencies. I'm going to break it down like this and we're going to wrap up. Number one, we can hide. Right? When, when, when something's happening, we're like, <laughs> right? I'm just going to hide behind my protective shield, right? Because it's comfortable. It's my shell. Or, or God says, come out of the bush. Come out of hiding. Right? Come out of hiding. And he says, trust me. Trust me. We will never grow in our depths with God if we don't trust him. Okay? I'm going to end with this, and then we're really going to end, because I said it five times, okay? <laughs> Y'all should be used to it by now. Okay? <laughs> like, sure, that's right. Okay. I'm going to give you a mental image, because God speaks to me a lot of times in mental images that sticks in my heart that helps me navigate, okay? I want you to think about this. Imagine you are a sailboat. It's weird, but just imagine. You are a sailboat. Now think about, listen, think about the way sailboats work, right? Do you know that sailboats don't have, they don't have an engine, right? There's none of that. So what do they use? What do they use, Karina? Okay, what do they use, Sarah? How does the sailboat move? The sail, the wind. Exactly, 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 right? So, okay, think about this. Think, 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 think. Okay, think about this. How does a sailboat move by the wind? It literally moves according to the wind. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Okay? Now, here's a beautiful thing about people who know how to sail and who've learned how to sail for a long time. Okay? Most people who are new to sailing, they only know how to use what we call a tailwind. It's when the wind is moving you behind. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? But a master sailor knows how to change his or her sails so that even winds that seem like they're blowing against it push them forward. Okay, okay, I know, but catch what I'm saying. Even master sailors know how to use winds that seem like they're blowing against them. Come on, somebody. They know how to use discipline. They know how to use things that seem hard. They know how to, listen, the sails is your mind. And some people know how to change the way that they think so that the winds that seem like they're blowing against them actually move them forward. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm going to end with my own personal story. It'll take 30 seconds. Probably longer. <laughs> Last year, you guys. <clears throat> Last year, you guys, God was disciplining me. Hallelujah. Okay? Come on. Last year, you guys, God was disciplining me in a lot of areas in my life, okay? Thank you, honey. God was disciplining me, and he was bringing correction, okay? Can I just be honest? There were certain things that happened in my life last year, some things that were awesome, that were really good, and some things that, if I'm just going to be honest, really hurt, and it, it, was, it, it was bad, right? Now, let me just tell you this. I had the choice, because it's a choice. I had the choice to sit there 
and to be like, why me? Why me, God? You know what I mean? And be like, and just get angry and get upset, right? But in the midst of that, I felt the whisper of God. And he's like, Andy, do you want to hear what I think? And I said, okay, yeah, let's listen. And God is saying, actually, Andy, I let this, this, and this happen in your life because I love you. And actually through it, Andy, I'm actually trying to make you a better leader. Come on, somebody. Actually through it, Andy, I'm trying to make you a better dad to your children. Come on, somebody. Through it, I'm trying to make you a better husband. I'm trying to make you a better friend. I'm trying to make you a better you. I'm trying to cause you to become who I destined you to be, right? And in that moment, you guys, you know what changed in my heart? I began to thank God for his discipline. You know what I began to I said, Father, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for letting this happen, God. And God, I submit my heart to you. I submit my will to you, God, right? Because I believe that even through this, God, you're working it for me. Come on, somebody. Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. All right, let's all stand, you guys. Come on. We're going to end in a quick prayer. Okay? So we pray for our heart, you guys, but again, I want to say this. Mustard seed of faith, God says, moves mountains. I'm going to say that one more time. Mustard seed of faith, God says, it moves mountains. So what God's looking for you right now is not extraordinary faith, but he's looking for sincere faith. Come on. There's a difference between extraordinary and sincere. The God that I know, all he's looking for is sincerity. He wants the realness of our hearts. He doesn't want us to act like we're better than we are or anything like that. He just wants us to come as we are, but he wants to listen to the honesty of our heart, okay? So in this place, this is what I want to do. I want to give us a chance to respond. Hallelujah. So we just prayed for a heart. Now I want you to pray for your mind. Okay, give me a second. We're going to pray. I want you to just put one hand on your head. Okay? One hand on your head. You can put on the forehead, whatever you want. Just one hand because it symbolizes your mind. Okay? And right now I'm going to give you an honest opportunity. I'm going to give all of us an honest opportunity that if we want to respond to his word, Guys, this is how simple it is. Is God help me to believe? God help me to shift my heart. God, see, we all have different levels of faith, and God wants you to use the portion of faith that you have. But right now, whatever this means to you, I want you to begin to respond to God. God help me to see correction differently. God help me to, to recognize your love. Okay? So we're going to pray this right now for 30 seconds all across this room. But I want you to just make your own confession before God, because this is what God listens to. He's going to listen to you. You see, the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. So every time we turn to God in a posture of humility, God pours out his grace over our life. So right now, just begin to talk to him, make your confession known before him. God, I want to respond differently. Give me a heart, Lord God, that doesn't become defensive. But give me a heart that embraces the God. 
God, help me to see correction differently. Because I've been afraid of it my whole life, God. Help me, Lord. Help me in my weakness. That's all God's looking for. All God's looking for is your help. Sometimes that's the most powerful prayer is just help me, God. Just help me, Lord. Help me to see you differently, God. Help me to see you differently. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father God, I pray today, Lord God, even as we read through, God, the full armor of God, and we recognize, Lord, that everything points back to you, and that, Father God, our real wrestle, if we're really being honest, Father God, every day is actually not against the enemy, but it's to, to find you. It's to enter into you, God. It's to learn how to abide in you. It's to give you our hearts every day, Lord God, so that you can rest in us, God. So I pray even right now, Lord God, for every person in this room, God, that is responding to this message. Father, that you will help us, God, I pray, even this week. And secondly, Father God, I pray, Lord, even as we're hearing your word, this key about correction, Father God, that, Lord, you want to rewire the way that we think about correction. Father, because we've been afraid and we've shied away and it's made us hide. But actually, Lord, what you're saying through your word today, God, is actually your correction, God, is actually a sign of your love for us. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, help us not to hide away from your love. Help us to stop running from your love. God, help us to recognize who you are, Lord. I recognize today, Lord, that this will not be easy, but I believe, God, you will walk us step by step. And so, Father, we thank you for your truth that came today, Lord. I pray that you would establish in our hearts, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. Off. Amen.